Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Well, this week, we're going to talk about forgiveness. And I'm just going to start out reading a little bit from Psalm 103. This is Psalm 103, starting in verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That's pretty beautiful. Yeah. It reminds me of some... uh other scriptures as well, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, pretty constant to think about a father that loves his child. What would a child have to do to get kicked out of his family? That'd be pretty major, wouldn't it? Very major. <laughs> and, John, yeah. and John, God's love is even greater than us. I see yeah. a lot of metaphors in the Old Testament and the New Testament about the forgiveness of God and about the love of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking... Um, uh, one of them is in Micah, I believe, and in Micah it says uh, that he casts our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. One translation said he hurls it away. I like that concept that God takes our sin and hurls it away. It's not like it's a casually letting it fall over the all over the, over the deck into the sea, but he takes it, he he casts it away, or he hurls it as far as he can into forgetfulness. Other scriptures say that he remembers our transgressions no more. It's an amazing thing to be in the forgiveness of God. But there's another um, probably side to that. What do you think about the fact that God is a just God, and uh, one day his wrath is going to be seen. What do you think about balancing it with that concept? Is that? I think that's one of the most difficult things and something that a lot of uh, non-believers really struggle with is, um, you know, the wrath of God. I've seen memes, you know, um, about unconditional love and it'll show, um, you know, people drowning before the flood or people going to hell and, and, uh, people say, well, how can you rationalize that with an all loving God? Um, and I think the answer to that honestly is you, you can't, uh, discount or sell short, uh, the meaning of the sacrifice that God made for our sins. Um, Jesus was the perfect, guiltless, blameless Lamb of God, um, His unique Son that He sent for us. And uh, He died to take on Himself all the sins of the world. Mm. Not most of the sins of the world, not some of the sins of the world, all Mm. the sins of the world. And this is one of the things we talked about is what does it mean when we have forgiveness? Uh, It's forgiveness for everyone. Uh, Well, Christ died for the sins of the whole world. That means forgiveness is out there. It's for everyone. Yeah, the Bible says, whosoever will may come. It's not just one group of people, uh, one particular uh, 
type of person, but whosoever will may right. come to the Lord. And I think right now he has open arms. I think he proved how much he loved us. He was willing to go much further than halfway in sending his son right. to die on the cross. The Bible says not only what you were saying, but to add to that, he became sin. Jesus literally became sin for us when he took all of the sins of the world for all time. And I think my favorite metaphor is in Colossians chapter 2, where it talks about the fact that we are forgiven of all our sin. And it says that Jesus died on the cross and nailed our sins to the cross, our transgressions, uh, the certificate of debt that was there against us was nailed to the cross. Well, how do you get to those sins? How does anyone get to those sins? You have to go through Jesus Christ. Right. And so you can't get to them. But somebody said one time the devil took Xerox copies. Oh. And he lies to us and he still tries to get us to to think about those past sins. Right. And that gets, I think, a lot of people in trouble. Uh, So you have to look at what the scripture says that God remembers your sin no more. He casts it into forgetfulness. God has the unhuman or non-human characteristic of being able to absolutely forget. Right. I think that's an amazing thing to think about as well. He forgets your sin. Well, when we talk about forgetting, you know, for us, it's, uh, you know, being absent-minded or uh, just not remembering something. Uh, And I think with God, it's, he he doesn't passively forget, you know, it's not like, oh, I forgot about your sin. Uh, No, it's, it's a deliberate choice to not remember. Okay. And so, um, I, I, I can't divorce those things from my mind. Somebody's done something that hurts me or whatever. I can choose to not hold it against them. Um, I can choose to not remind myself of it or bring it back up, but I haven't forgotten it in the sense of passively forgetting. Um, and I think that with God, it's, it's probably something similar, although I, I think he is able to blot it out. But think about it this way, okay? He's also thinking about the price that was paid for that sin. And so when he looks upon you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees his son. He sees the blood of Jesus. He sees the sacrifice. He sees the love um, and that's where that whole thing of compassion, you know, comes from. He, God has compassion on those who, who fear the Lord. Um, we, we talk about that forgiveness being for everyone. But does that mean that everyone has received forgiveness? No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's a gift that's given, uh, the gift of forgiveness. You have to receive the gift. Right. Um, people that don't receive the gift, then the sacrifice of Christ, the scripture says, uh, doesn't even exist. It, it, um, it has no uh, power in a person's life. It's amazing to me. Why would anyone want to stop the forgiveness of God, but that we have the power to reject the forgiveness of God? And I think that God loves us so much that he wants us to get rid of our sin through trusting in his son as our savior. But there's a lot of times that uh, we fall short of really being truly sorry for our sin. Maybe that's a little bit in the cause of that is a misconception of God. In in my mind, um, God says that we need to have godly sorrow. 
and not worldly sorrow. It's in Corinthians where it says uh, there's a difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. He says that worldly sorrow is that uh, I messed up. I blew it. I made a mistake. You know, the focus on yourself, whereas godly sorrow is I broke the heart of God. My sin nailed the nails into the hands and feet of Jesus. And we have that godly sorrow, then that will naturally bring a repentance of that sin. And then when you truly receive the forgiveness of God, then you would live your life for him in thanksgiving mm-hmm. and enjoying gratitude right. for what he's done. When we, when we think about sorrow, you know, from a human perspective, um, like you do something, it makes you sad that you've done it, whatever. And we bring that down on ourselves and we wear that as, as a shame or guilt. Um, and um, those things for the sake of shame and guilt uh, are not, not healthy and not helpful. Um, but if that's a springboard to accepting forgiveness and moving forward, that to me is what sort of what that godly sorrow mm-hmm. is like. You know, uh, I'm not just sitting here woeing on myself and, oh, I'm such a bad person or, or whatever. It's, it's no, it's um, God sees beyond that. And so I, I, I should be able to see beyond that um, and, and forgive myself uh, because he's forgiven me and, and to move past those things. Um, so it's one thing to accept God's forgiveness, how do we translate that to others? Wow. Well, one of the things that I would say about translating it to others is um, making sure that we understand that sometimes when we sin against someone that we love or a friend, uh, that we hurt them. Yeah. That sin hurts them. And so if you hurt me, then uh, you could come to me and say, Jack, I'm really sorry I hurt you. And I can say, uh, John... You know, you really did. I mean, if you really did hurt me, I wouldn't just say, oh, that's okay. I would actually say, oh, well, thank you for saying that because you really did hurt me. And if you would were then to say, well, Jack, I, I repent of that. Please forgive me. I would. I would say, I mm-hmm. forgive you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the hurt's gone. Right. And so right. I would have to see um, repentance in your life mm-hmm. um, kind of like, you know, you, you wouldn't just flippantly move on. No. Give you an illustration of that. It's like a, a husband hurts his wife uh, through maybe an affair or by not meeting her needs for over, over a long period of time, and she's really hurt. And then all of a sudden he realizes it. Wow, I hurt her. The relationship's going away. Oh, I don't want that to happen. I love her. And so he says, please, honey, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Now she says, I forgive you. And he expects everything to be perfect now. Because he repented, Mm -hmm. but he has to show her that he truly repented by continually being able to say, honey, I'm sorry, even though you already said it Mm -hmm. one time. Like the next week, she brings it up again. Oh, you know, I'm really hurting over that. Well, some Christian guy may say, hey, the Bible says you're supposed to forgive me. You're not forgiving me. Now you're the sinner because if you don't forgive me, the Bible says you aren't forgiven. Well, you can do that and say goodbye to your marriage. <laughs> yeah. Or you could say, I know, baby. I know I hurt you. Once again, please. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And when she sees that, 
attitude, then yeah. the hurt eventually will yeah. subside and go away. Well, I, th- I think also in that kind of context, there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Um, you know, God, I don't think he trusts us in the sense that we're going to get it right every time. Okay. But he's going to forgive every time. Okay. He knows that we're going to fail. Uh, he knows that we're going to fail and we're going to fail and we're going to fail and keep failing. Um, and he's going to keep forgiving um, because that's the gracious nature of our God. Um, he, our call from him is, is to believe and to trust and to, to obey but that goes with understanding that we're going to have failings in a relationship uh, on a human scale. That's a little different and harder because there are some serious implications, you know, and imperfections, and imperfections. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, you, you trust to a point, but then um, I, I've I've dealt with a lot of couples over the years, and and one couple in in particular comes to mind where. The husband was getting frustrated about something that Jack is, you know, alluding to. And he's like, well, I just don't understand. Uh, you know, I, I, I did all these things to make things right, and, and she still doesn't trust me. And I said, you got to understand. Every time she says something to you, she's giving you an opportunity to prove that you can be trusted. You know, the trust isn't just going to naturally fall into place. Um, and so on a human scale, yeah, we kind of have to prove ourselves to each other to demonstrate that we are trustworthy. Um, and I think that's because you're dealing with two fallible people. You know, you're not dealing with one fallible person and God, um, but you're dealing with two fallible people. Um, so, yeah, it, it makes it a little more raw. And yeah. um, and we just have to be real uh, about that. Um, I'm going to tell real well, quick. Well, before you tell that. Well, I'm not going to tell this oh, okay, one. I've got I'm a sorry. different story okay. I was going to tell first. I was just going to say, before you, <laughs> before you tell that, whatever you're going to say. Uh, well, before you say that. Before I, I say, say that, let me say this. You tell the story. <laughs> no, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say we live in forgiveness yeah. with God. See, I forgive Jack for, and, for yeah, cutting me off. Like, yeah, and we live in forgiveness with each other. So I can cut you off. You can cut me off. Get, I'll forgive you. Every time. Every time. 70 times 7. Okay. So, But that concept of you live in forgiveness with me. Yeah. In other words, uh, I, I already forgive you. You are yeah. forgiven. Uh, but in a relationship, if you know, if it begins to break down, okay, right. tell, tell, I, I apologize. That wasn't that Not, important. Was it? Yeah, it was great. It was, it was perfect. <laughs> You're um, so good. I have a friend who um, she was on a mission trip, um, and the first day on the trip gets one of those dreaded phone calls that no one ever wants to get. Her son, who has his own family. Um, was killed by a drunk driver. And uh, so it's the end of the, the mission trip for them, and they, they go back home, which is a long haul, you know. Um, and, then um, of course, there's so many things to unpack in your mind and just agonize over and go through. And, and um, fast forward to the trial, where the drunk driver um, is, you know, convicted and being sentenced, and they give this mother an opportunity to speak um, to um, the accused. Okay, and through this whole process, 
she has been praying that God would give her the strength to forgive. Because this woman took her son away from her. And how do you forgive that? And she had, you know, words written down. She had a little speech that she was going to give to this woman. And um, it just happened when they get to the courtroom that she's sitting beside her. Right next to each other. I can't even imagine that. And when it comes her moment to speak, um, she starts talking to her. But the thing that I remember that she said... And it's like the Holy Spirit washed over her in that moment and gave her that gift of being able to forgive. Because she says to this young woman, the world says, shame on you. But all I can think is Jesus says, shame off you. Hmm. He takes our shame. He takes our guilt because this is the Lord who is gracious and has compassion on his children. Um, What a painful and beautiful moment uh, that was because that was forgiveness in action, alive. Um, Can I tell that little story now? The one I was going to tell? Yeah, yeah, if you don't want me to say anything, Evan. You go. You, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I can feel that Jack has something really important he yeah. wants to share. Yeah. Well, I before you do say that, it, it, it's difficult for me to understand forgiveness and forgiving another individual if, if I have my focus and attention on this world. Oh, yeah. That was just what yeah. I was going to say. If, and, or in on yourself. Or on yourself. Uh, you have to, you know this, number one, look at Jesus, and you have to understand the eternal nature of God, right. the eternal nature of life. That, to me, is the only hope. Right. Uh, and, you know, as a pastor, when you do funeral services for unbelievers, uh, the only thing that I've got to give them uh, from the Scripture is trust in God. Yeah. Because He is going to do what's right. Um, I had a similar story, John. Um, I can't remember if I told it here on our podcast, but uh, a horrible situation where an 18-year-old girl in May, did I tell that story, yeah. was hit by the policeman. Mm-hmm. And uh, the amazing love and strength of the Holy Spirit of the mother who called the policeman who broadsided her daughter and said, we forgive you the next day. Mm-hmm. And we love you. Come to our home we want to minister to you. I mean, that is uh, eternal. Yeah. And that that's all I want yeah. to say, just to focus on the eternal. And that gives hope. Yeah. That gives hope. Okay. So I, I'm going to give a little snippet from a story. In fact, um, I will post this, um, you know, in the comments um, with our podcast. I'll put the whole story in there. Um, but you, you may have heard of Corey Ten Boom. Um, Corey Ten Boom uh, was from Holland, and she um, and her family uh, had hidden Jews um, during the World War II. And they got caught 
um, somebody informed on them. The the Gestapo came in. They raided the home, took the the Jewish people, took her family, took her father, um, and she and her sister were um, put in Auschwitz. And her sister died in the prison camp, and she was slated for execution, but through a series of uh, clerical errors, um, she was released um, and survived and went on to, uh, you know, she called herself a tramp for the Lord, and she testified uh, for Jesus all over um all over the world. In 1947, she was in Munich, in Germany, you know, um, and she was given a, a talk about forgiveness. And um, I'm just going to read the part that really sticks with me. Um, she's, well, she, before she talks about what Jack did, you know, when we confess our sins, God casts them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. Um, and then she says, the solemn faces stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. You got to consider what the, the German people themselves have been through because here they're, you know, under Hitler's rule and, um, all these things are exposed at the end of the war and then their country is divided. Um, and, um, their their world's got to be flipped upside down and they don't know what to think. Um, and um, to be able to think about forgiveness, uh, I think, was just an impossible challenge for them. Um, there were never questions after a talk in Germany in 1947. People stood up in silence. In silence, they collected their belongings and in silence, they left the room. And that's when I saw him working his way forward against the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat, the next, a blue uniform and a visored cap with its skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush. The huge room with harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment skin. Betsy, how thin you were. That was her sister's name, Betsy. Um, so here she is. She's given this talk on forgiveness, and now one of her, her captors, one of the guards who oversaw her in the camp, um, saw her in all of her nakedness, um, is there. And he says, a fine message, Fraulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. She says, and I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him and the leather crop swinging from his belt. It was the first time since my release that I had been face to face with one of my captors, and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard there. No, he did not remember her. But since that time, he went on, I've become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there. But I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Fraulein. Can you imagine? 
Whew, again the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there. I whose sins had every day to be forgiven. And I could not. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had ever had to do, for I had to do it. I knew that the message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive men... Their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I knew it not only as a commandment of God, but as a daily experience. Since the end of the war, I had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality. And um, I'm going to skip down. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands, and then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother. I cried. And then she said, with all my heart, I forgive you, Jack, for not turning off your phone. (laughs) Uh, Nobody ever calls me. Nobody ever calls. No. Um, But you can just imagine the power in that moment. Um, That's the power of forgiveness. And I think what we can end this whole talk with is just to realize that sometimes you have to just be obedient yeah. and do what you know is right. You know what God did for you when he reached out his hand to you in your sinful state. And then to realize that when we are obedient to what Jesus Christ is commanding us to do, then the true feelings come through that obedience. Yeah. I think that happened to Corey Ten Boom. And um, it's not always easy, my friend. No. But, uh, You have to always remember Jesus did that for us, and he calls us to do that for others. Yeah. Free yourself. That's the power of forgiveness. So thank you guys for listening. Um, We'll see you next time. 